in uh, November 2018, there was quite a number of news articles uh, about a 26-year-old missionary, and his name was John Allen Char. I don't know if you remember this story at all, but John had this burning desire that he wanted to go and to, to reach people for Jesus. And so he set his mind on reaching the, the people of a small island uh, off the coast of India, the Sentinelese. Okay, the Sentinelese. It was a tribe of people who uh, were completely isolated from the rest of the world. Uh, and they were known to be an incredibly hostile tribe. Okay, they had attacked and killed any outsider who had ever come close to their island. Yet John was, was determined, and uh, he was determined to reach them for Jesus. So, so he set out, and he hired a, a bunch of guys to take him there in a boat, and he, had his, he brought his canoe with him. And so the first day that he was out, he, he paddled his canoe to within 50 meters of the shore. Uh, and what he did was he threw out a gift of fish, and the tribe came out, and instead of receiving the gift, they, they shot arrows at him. Okay, and he writes this in his diary that he, that he paddled for his life back to the main boat. But yet again, the next day, he went out again and he was determined to make contact. So he made it this time to the shore. He decided, I'm gonna go to the shore. And he decided he wanted to try and start a conversation with the natives. And he did. This time they didn't shoot arrows at him right at the start. They sort of laughed at him as he tried to speak, as he tried to sort of maybe copy their language. They laughed. And then one of the little boys in the tribe took his bow and he shot an arrow at him and it pierced John's Bible. And obviously being a little bit scared, he shoved the arrow out of his Bible, and he handed it back to the boy. But then things got a little bit more heated. The tribe got a little bit more hostile, and they stole his canoe, and they ran away with his canoe, and he was forced to swim back to his boat. And then he, he wrote this in his journal that had really rattled him. He said this, it's weird. Actually, no, it's natural. I'm scared. And then he wrote directly to God and he says this, if you, if you want me to get actually shot or even killed with an arrow, then so be it. I think I could be more useful alive, but to you, God, I give all the glory of whatever happens, but I don't want to die. The next day, determined to, to reach this tribe for Jesus, he asked the fishermen to drop him off at the shore now, the last thing that the fishermen reported of John is that they saw the tribe of the Sentinelese drag his lifeless body across the beach. John's apparent death caused a huge amount of controversy. People took to social media, newspapers, adding their thoughts, and all of them were saying this, how stupid how stupid. What did this guy think that he was doing? The Guardian chose this as their summary thought from social media. John Allen Chow is not a martyr, just a dumb American who thought that the tribals needed Jesus 
when the tribals already lived in harmony with God and nature for years without outside interference. The world judged John Chow as an idiot who wouldn't leave people in peace. He just had to give them Jesus. I think that John Allen Chow lived as a biblical Christian and had a heart to see people one for the Lord Jesus. And I wish I had half of his passion, even just a half of his desire to do what he did. Because his, his desire, I want you to see embodies the truth of this short but really, really powerful psalm. If you do have your Bible and you want to open it, that would be great. Because I want you to see that John's desire to reach this people, even if it meant his death, is the, is the desire that we should have for our world. It's the desire that we should have for our world. We should have a passion for the lost. That every person on the face of the earth would come to know the God whom we know and love in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus. So I want you to see that the first verse of this psalm, it declares this, all people should praise Jesus. All people should praise Jesus. It says this, praise the Lord, all you nations. The Bible lays out this world, really black and white. There is only one God. There's only one God. All religions are not the same. Jesus is not the God versus all the other people's gods. It's not like Jesus and Buddha are having a turf war over who gets all the followers. It's not as if Allah and Jesus aren't engaged in dividing up what regions of the world, uh, who gets what nation. There is one God, Yahweh, the I am. One God in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. God of all nations who made each person on the face of the earth in his own image. There is not a single person on the face of the earth that is outside of his rule and his reign. The Bible says all people will face his judgment. That all people are under his reign and that all people will one day stand before him. And the first declaration of this psalm, it actually begins with a command. The command doesn't come across as well as in, in English. You know, often that's the problem when we have translations. Sometimes it's hard to, to, to get the words that fit exactly right in English and come across in that way. But it's it actually a command in a Hebrew. It's a command to praise the Lord. Notice it's, it's not a praise, a command to praise a God. Not praise your choice of, of deity or some kind of unknowable, maybe God out there in the ether type God. It's praise Yahweh, the Lord. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God who revealed himself to Moses in the, the burning bush and said, I am who I am. The one who Jesus says before Abraham was, I am. 
and look at the who that is commanded to praise him. Look at the rest of the verse. It's all nations. All nations. The God of this, this psalm is not of a God of a nation. He is a God of all nations. All nations. And there's a special word there that, that's used, and that's this word. I don't know if you've ever come across it when someone's been preaching here before. The goyim. The goyim is the word. And now it's a really important word because it's specifically used among the Jews, among the Hebrews, for nations outside of Israel. The goyim is us. Non-Israelites. And what the psalmist is saying here is actually quite shocking when we realize what is being said. This is not a command for Israel to worship Yahweh. It's a command for all non-Israelite peoples to come and worship Yahweh. The God of Israel, who is actually the God of the world. He's the God of the world and everyone in it. And the psalm doesn't stop there. Because the next line, it builds in another command on, on top of that first. You read that English word there, or extol, praise. It means to praise the Lord. It's a command to worship. It's a command to sing. And I want you to notice again who is commanded to sing. We translate it in English again, trying to make a rough translation of these things so that we understand all peoples. And the word there is the word used of tribes, people groups. And again, interestingly, people groups who are not Israelites. People groups who aren't Israelites. The command is for all people who don't know this God Yahweh to come and to sing praises to his name. All groups, all identities. So it's not just nations, but I want you to think about all the little collections of different peoples, different little groups that make up a nation, okay? It would be the equivalent of, of saying, not just Northern Ireland as a nation worship God, but all the little groups that Northern Ireland is made up of worship the Lord. Prods, Catholics, Nationalists, unionists, orangemen, golfers, teachers unions, cycle clubs, marathon runners, Liverpool fans, poor fellas. Whatever little grip, okay, that's the idea. Whatever little grip that makes up a nation, you're to come and worship Yahweh. You're to come and sing praises to his name. The God of the Bible. Now, we've got to stop here and think about this. Because so many of us really either miss this or we easily forget it. And I say that as someone who easily forgets it too. We look out at the world and we see different people groups. We see different nations. We see different cultures. We see different religions. We see different interest groups. And we think, oh, they're okay. 
They're okay doing their own little thing. Let's just let them be. They're getting on all right without us saying anything. Anyway, what, what have I got in common with them? They're happy worshiping their own God. They're happy doing their own little cycle club on a Sunday. They're happy with their, their own culture. I don't, I, don't need to, I don't need to bother them. That racial group, they've already kind of got their own God. Let me leave them to it. Wrong. Wrong. The Bible and we as Christians are not to view the world in that way. Those people, these people, all people are your fellow image bearers of the one true eternal God who came to seek and to save the world. All people belong to him. Every tribe, every nation, every people, every little special interest group. And they need to know him. They should hear about him. They should come to praise him. They should come to, to sing worship to him. And if we love them, if we believe what the God of the Bible says about sin, about judgment, about life in Jesus, about truth and joy and everlasting life, and that as the Bible says, all people in their heart already know that God exists. Romans 1 tells us that. They can't escape his presence. And all they try to do is run away and suppress the truth. Should we not all be in the business of boldly setting people free to worship the God who they were already designed to know and to love and who already belonged to him, even though they don't know it yet. And here's then what the, why the psalmist, the psalmist starts to tell us why, okay? Why are we to have a heart for all the people out there, the people who don't know Jesus yet? Why are we to have a heart for them? The psalmist tells us why. Why are we commanded to invite them to come and worship Yahweh? Is it to subjugate them? Is it to make, you know, little colonial powers? To use religion to control people? That's what many people accuse us of in the West. It's many, what many people accuse John Allen Chow of, going out to Senegalese to Americanize them. Is that what we're in the business of doing? No, the psalmist tells us why all nations should praise God, why we need to reach every person. It's because Jesus loves all people. That's what the psalmist tells us. Verse two tells us, it gives us a reason why all nations, tribes, tongues, people should praise our God. It says, for or because, we could translate that as a Hebrew word, great is his love towards us. I want you to see something that the psalmist is saying here that we might quite easily miss. God loves us. Who is the us? If we've been talking in the psalm 
about people who don't know God or worship God as, as Yahweh, who is the us? Does God love just Israel? No, the psalm here tells us, we've been talking about nations and all people outside of Israel, the tribes who aren't Jews, the, the, the people and the nations who don't know God yet, when the psalmist says God loves us, the us is everyone. It's everyone on the face of the earth. The us means that all the love God shows to Israel is the same love that goes out to all nations, that goes out to all people groups. Every special interest group, every creed, every color, every identity that you can name under the sun over the face of the earth. The psalm is telling us the love that God has is not confined to one people group. It is not simply for Abraham's people. It is not simply even for the people who have just have, have heard about him. It's for the people who haven't even heard about him yet. God's ultimate love is for a wider audience. It's for the world. It's for the world. It's for people who are yet to hear of it. His faithfulness, we read in this love, endures forever. What's that last part of the psalm pointing us to? It's pointing us forward to what God is going to do for the world in an everlasting way. He's going to send his son. He's going to send his son for everyone who believes that we would have everlasting life in him. And that news is to reach far and wide to the very ends of the earth. For every person, for every tribe, for every tongue, for every nation, that Jesus is calling to himself because every person belongs to him. They need to hear of God's love and his faithfulness in what he has done. How great is God's love towards us, the world, that he would come to die for a people who rejected him, who as yet have never heard a single word about him, who do everything the wrong way, that, make it, that, that he shouldn't love any one of us. There's people out there in the middle of Turkmenistan who don't have a clue who Jesus is. And God has a great love towards them that they might hear of his love displayed in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus, and find life in his name. There are people in mosques in the Middle East who, who maybe right today are planning on how they can destroy churches in the rest of the Middle East. God has a great love for them that they might hear of his love in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus, and find life in his name. The people of that little island, Sentinelies, who kill every person who sets foot on their land, who kill John Allen Chow, God has a great love for them. 
that they might hear of his love displayed in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus, and find life in his name. The people who are on your street, the people who are in your work, the people who are in your school, the people who are in among your friends, God has a great love towards them that they might hear of his love displayed in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus, and find life in his name. I want you to see that this psalm is inviting us to open our eyes to God's world and see God's love for the people in it, that it is wider than those who already know. It's for those who don't. There are people out there that the Lord Jesus loves that need to hear about him. And when they hear about him, they'll come to know and love him too. And that doesn't happen unless we go out and share that word. Spirit works in that word, doesn't it? Spirit, that's what the Bible says. Spirit works in the word to reveal the Lord Jesus that people might find life in his name. Jesus says, go and make disciples of who? All nations. All nations. Maybe the very people that you think don't want to hear about Jesus. They're as far from the kingdom as they could possibly be. You might think they're a lost cause. They're not because God's spirit works in his word to reveal life in the Lord Jesus. John Allen Chow had a desire to make Christ known to an obscure little people on an island who didn't want anything to do with Jesus. He was following the God of this psalm. He was willing to die that they might hear about the love that God has for them in Christ Jesus. Do you have a heart? Do you have a desire? It's even a tenth of that. I know I need the Lord Jesus to stir that, that, that desire in my own heart by his spirit. I need Jesus to give me that same desire. Do you need that same desire too? To share his love with those who really, really need it and who already belong to him, the God of all nations and all people. May the Lord bless you this week as you think about who those people are, that you might share his love with the world that already belongs to him. Let me pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we just want to pray that you, by your spirit, would be the one who equips us with your word to share it with the world. Lord, we don't love you as much as we should or, or show in our lives, but Lord, we have a desire that we might be people who do that. So Lord, would you bless us with the truth of the gospel that we might share this week with those that we work with, Lord, those in our homes, among our friends, People who don't yet know you, Lord, we pray, praise you and ask you, Lord, would you change their hearts that they might come to know life in all of its fullness in what Christ has done for them at the cross. 
Lord, we ask you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.